0: Hello there, I'm Susan Bradley, and welcome to the Four Modern Mothers podcast, a podcast dedicated to mothers and mothers-to-be, here to help you navigate your own unique journey through modern motherhood. In each episode, there'll be insights and wisdom. We'll be covering everything from fertility and trying to conceive, to pregnancy and birth, and onwards through your life as a mother. Expect conversations around subjects and issues that will support, inspire, inform, and empower you. From health and well-being to body image, self-care, mental health, birth, pregnancy, work-life balance, relationships, the whole lot. With my specially invited guests and experts, as well as sharing my own knowledge with you. Enjoy and don't forget to subscribe too. So this is a really um, exciting episode, and it covers so much more than I could fit in the title. Um, We do talk very much about um, natural ways that you can support your body all through womanhood, so from fertility and pregnancy and motherhood and then into perimenopause and menopause, and how that you can support yourself through the power of plants and herbs and tea and flowers, which is um, amazing and super, super interesting. We also talked though, about lots of other things. And we talked very much about big life changes. And we talked um, about how Bethan um, had set up, um, so had left a steady, um, reliable income and job and um, set up together with um, an old friend of hers, a totally new business, a totally new concept, doing that on maternity leave and with small children um and and how exciting but how that can be challenging and this is something that women who i coach are often feeling their way through considering thinking about and it does come up a lot when people have children and become mothers and go on maternity leave so we talk about that we also talk about women's amazing ability um, to multitask and how they are such an asset to the workforce we talk about the juggle of family um, and life and work and all of that and also how setting up a, a woman f- women's health focused and a female-founded business is such an amazing thing. And I have so much admiration for that. I think it's awesome. So there's loads of good stuff in this episode and I really hope you enjoy it.
1: Oh, So welcome everybody to uh, another episode of the
0: 4 Modern Mothers podcast. And I'm really excited because this morning I've got um, a brilliant guest um, for you all. And um, we're going to be talking all about, well, lots of different things, actually, a couple of different things. I've got Bethan from Hot Tea Mama with me. And this is a really exciting, um, quite a young company um, run by women and for women and all about sort of women's wellness um, through the power of plants and tea and supporting women through the whole kind of reproductive journey from fertility and pregnancy, breastfeeding, postnatal, perimenopause and menopause. So this is so um, fascinating Um, and we're going to talk about the idea I think a little bit about what the functionality of these teas um, and that's quite exciting and some of the kind of science behind that and the kind of truth because there's a lot of misunderstanding perhaps but also about setting up a, a business with your friends um, as a new mother and 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 that too and that she's a really exciting thing um and and pulling that together and how how that kind of works and how the business came about I think it's a fascinating story so and welcome thank you so much for joining me
1: thanks for having me it's lovely to be here
0: and um yeah I've done that sort of a little introduction but would you like to introduce yourself you obviously know better than I do
1: <laughs> yeah no you did a really good description of what Hot Tea Mama is all about um and I yeah I set up the company with my best friend Kate um four years ago literally four years and one day to us recording this <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah we are quite young but we were very much um inspired by two things really so firstly I have been a tea uh, buyer and blender since um, I left uni Um, so absolutely love tea and um, I have a degree in tea science which is quite unusual but yeah because my background links to China I studied in China um, and then worked for Chinese focused tea companies um, I was lucky enough uh, to spend time over there and studied while I was working Um, and yeah I was the first non-Chinese person to get that qualification because it's not you can't get it anywhere else (laughs)
0: wow Um, gosh
1: that's super specific isn't it it's amazing it is quite niche um but I do I do love it and yeah when Kate Kate had the idea for the business because she had two children in the space of a year and she started asking me about what she could drink to support because she had morning sickness um she had trouble breastfeeding um she said oh is there anything I can have naturally in tea to help um and I wasn't pregnant or did have kids at the time so I kind of was like oh yeah you know make sure you don't have too much caffeine and um avoid licorice and little things that I you know knew about but hadn't really focused on and then when I got pregnant it kind of I think once you go through the experience I was like oh no this is actually a really big thing it's massively restrictive your diet and yeah you worry a lot about what you're consuming um, doing the right thing for yourself and your baby. So Kate said, why is nobody, you know, making teas for this? So initially we were just pregnancy and kind of mum focused and we ran it with very young families. Um, I had a two year old and a four month old, but when mm. we finished um, officially. Wow. Um, well, yeah, all developed when pregnant and working elsewhere and, um, And we ran it that way. And then as it grew, we kind of realized women came to us saying, oh, I loved your tea when I was pregnant. Um, I've stopped breastfeeding. My period's come back and it's awful. Is there anything that can support, you know, really bad PMS? And a lot of women asking when they're trying to conceive, is there anything that can support them? And then people saying, oh, my sister's going through perimenopause. And you suddenly, again, it was one of those moments of like, oh. just." we're treated by pregnancy <laughs> it's not the only area of um, women's wellness that can benefit from tea so we extended our range um to cover kind of PMS and fertility support um, and perimenopause and menopause um and yeah we just are all about I've worked for tea, a lot of tea companies and it's always female consumers who are the target for tea companies but female issues are considered niche like too niche mm. nothing specific on um So yeah, I'm just really proud that we're able, I don't believe that 50% of the population is niche. No, exactly. No, and you know, at any point, 20% of the population is menopausal. Like, and yet if you look at supermarket and their approach to women's kind of wellness and products, vegan food, 2% of the population are vegan. But how much spend gets put onto vegan products? Um, yes. No dis, you know, respect to vegans or vegan food. Um, but I feel like there's a bit of a a gap in kind of um, the standard supermarket shelf for where you can get products that can really support you as a woman naturally, which I think is something yeah. that we all want to do a bit more. Um, uh, over recent years, so yeah, we kind of fill that gap and use all my very niche tea science knowledge to (laughs) to pull together blends that are delicious and can also hopefully help and make you feel better yeah and
0: it's just what's so interesting what I really love as well because this kind of it you know feeds in the things some of the things that I do like when I talk about birth preparation with people Mm -hmm. and um, you know physiology and pregnancy yoga and things like that it's pulling together like ancient stuff like really traditional rooted using plants and herbs and that from ancient cultures but also having you know modern modern take on it and modern research and and science as well so it's blending you know those two things together which I think is is super interesting isn't it like going back to the old stuff and, and that must I guess have been interesting for you the the researching around it
1: yeah I mean I think there's particularly having had a career in kind of tea you know tea's been around for <laughs> millennia um and particularly in China where I live there's a huge tradition of Chinese medicine and using herbs and plants that um I was very connected to whilst also appreciating they're not drugs um because we all do react differently but yeah, as, a, as an individual, I certainly get a little bit alienated by anything I see as being um, too rooted in tradition and not looking at the modern side as well. So when we were developing the blends, we looked at all the, the ancient, um, yeah, traditional use that is found in all cultures. It's not just in Europe. You know, if you look at um, South American culture or Asian culture, there's always use of plants um, and herbs. And there's just no doubt that they're useful or helpful but for me the thing that really makes it more interesting is when you start then looking at the modern research Mm. there's only small scale research studies because it's not in the interests of large corporations to fund Mm. um, scientific research into natural plants because they can't make a huge amount of money from it (laughs) yeah yeah Um, uh, these small-scale studies do exist and they really do back up everything ancient. So when you take those two things together, something like raspberry leaf, which uh, a lot of women will drink in pregnancy, there's, um, there's you know, 2,000-year-old documents from Britain documenting women taking raspberry leaf at the end of their pregnancy, And the more recent studies um, from kind of the noughties um, on uh, where women have been kind of given raspberry leaf in the lead up to to labor from 32 weeks, completely prove (laughs) the usage. So if you drink raspberry leaf at the end of your pregnancy, um, it is linked to having a shorter second stage of labor and fewer interventions in birth. And people were using that plant thousands of years ago for the same reasons Um, and it's kind of amazing but if you kind of came to me and just showed me the historical use I'd be like "Mm, give me a bit more information (laughs) Yeah. so it's it's nice to be able to include both those things um when we talk to people about yeah why different things are in the blends
0: yeah and people do you know we tend nowadays to have that more technocratic approach people like to have some evidence and science which makes a lot of sense our brains kind of like that and and process that well but having also that knowledge that this has been going on for thousands and thousands more years than our medical knowledge our scientific knowledge has been around also those two things together give it such a A rooted sense of yeah there's this wisdom that's been passed down and you know this thing's been written down about it and long before that it was probably just used but then now we have the the modern science to to back it up as well so we know that for for us we can feel that it is safe.
1: Yeah totally and I think um uh yeah one without the other probably isn't any good because you could probably do a modern study and select for things um uh, and yeah, in my career, I've worked for quite big tea companies and I was on something called the UK Tea Council and they're all the largest tea companies and small companies now as well in the UK pay to be members. And then a large amount of that money is used to do research into the benefits of tea. And um, it's almost like a lobby group. So they were lobbying the government for a long time to recommend drinking um, tea as part of a healthy diet, much like the five pieces of fruit yeah. and vegetable a day. Um, and yeah, they couldn't get it to work because actually black tea, um, can inhibit your iron absorption. So even though there are many, many health benefits in research to, um, having black tea, so five, six cups a day, because it can really help your cardiovascular health. If you're a teenage girl and you're vegetarian and you're at risk of anemia, actually, it's going to really make your anemia a lot worse, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, the government would never do it. But you suddenly realise even these kind of smaller studies, they're often being funded by somebody with um, some skin in the game. Yeah. And, and, yeah, without kind of the traditional usage coming in, you know, as well as those modern studies, you might be getting a twisted um, view, potentially. So, yeah, yeah. I love the fact that, um, uh, yeah, we can see both um, and yeah as part of our diets now I think we don't want to over medicalize how we live our lives um, you want to look at your health holistically mm. um, but again knowing the science behind why different things in your diet um, are good for you is really beneficial. Yeah
0: yeah definitely I mean you're, you're so right there's a there's a there's there's always you know, who is paid for the research where has it come from what's the what's the invested interest is always a questioning there for <laughs> totally. sure. Totally. Um, but, but that thing about the black, you know, the black tea that, I mean, that's really interesting, isn't it? The, and the iron absorption, because I was teaching last night and there was a number of people who who are pregnant and who um, their iron levels and they're on iron tablets and, you know, trying to think if they're vegetarian, if they're vegetarian, eat lots of spinach, if they're not, they're eating lots of red meat and lots of steak. Yeah. Probably they haven't been told
1: don't drink or drink less black tea yeah yeah no absolutely there's um yeah one of the antioxidants in black tea called rubigin, um which is very good for your cardiovascular health does prevent your body absorbing non-heme iron so it is the green vegetables that are the issue and obviously in pregnancy that's um a big thing and you can kind of think oh well, i don't drink tea with many meals except maybe breakfast but actually if you drink it within one to two hours of a meal, it will still inhibit your body absorbing the iron. So yeah, getting vitamin C and having orange juice, one mm. of your kale and your spinach. Um, and yeah, swapping to herbal teas um, and decaffeinated, um, you know, not black tea decaffeinated options, but even Royal Boss will have a slight impact, but it'll have a much lower impact than a black tea. So have Royal Boss with milk instead of your kind of English breakfast. Can make a huge difference um mm. and yeah obviously pregnancy is a big issue a lot of people have iron um low low iron levels but my dad has very low iron levels and he basically hydrates with black tea he's like a very traditional welsh man <laughs> um and yeah as soon as i was said to him you stop it because they cut down their meat level as many of us are doing because mm. the environment um and our health and yeah, his his iron levels dropped to the point that he couldn't give blood when he went, um, yeah, uh, to give blood. Um, so yeah, it was a real, real issue. But luckily he just cut down his tea and he was absolutely fine.
0: Wow, that's super interesting. So yeah. just like that change, yeah. yeah. That the, the, I don't think I've ever heard anyone being recommended that, you know, people get told to have more green veg more red meat if they eat it um take some supplements don't you know have the vitamin c to have the absorption don't have calcium Calcium. when you're having it but i've never heard of the black tea i don't think and i don't think anyone's ever told something so
1: simple yeah i don't think i didn't have low iron levels myself when i was pregnant so i'm not sure but it's definitely on like the nhs website um but it's probably not the most common thing because i think again you can kind of presume "Ah," you know I don't drink tea other than at breakfast time. Yeah, there is that time period around it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think particularly now, um, and again, you know, as you get older um, as well, it can be a real, um, real issue that we kind of can overlook, and a simple change like that can actually really help. Yeah, um, yeah. nice easy switch.
0: Yeah, that's and that's the thing, isn't it? You're just switching one thing. It's no extra effort you're not having to do anything or or make the time for something you're just literally putting a different tea back in the cup as you're pouring (laughs) water which is so great which is so great um and that it has positive you know benefits that it has a positive benefits as well as hydrating you but there's actually positive things going on so Mm -hmm. cool such so so great so can i come i'm going to kind of i want to come back to the whole idea of the different teas and the different stages and 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 that but can we head down there back to how it all how it all began? How you guys together set this up? Because I think it's just really interesting when people have you know got small children on maternity leave, yeah, coming together to to, to set something new and exciting up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if I if I'm very honest, um, we would not have the business if it weren't for Kate because she had the initial idea, and then I remember saying to her because I was. Uh, very early stages pregnant with Hector when we kind of officially were like coming up with the name and the functionality we wanted for the issues we've been facing and what tease really driving the concept and I just said to her I think this is a brilliant idea but I don't think I can cope right now because I had a full-time job one kid another kid on the way and she said it's okay I'll just you know I'll just keep doing it and I didn't think about the consequences <laughs> of you know what would happen eventually um, particularly because Kate is Australian um, uh, which is great but I knew eventually she and her family were gonna leave Oxford because her husband was on he'd studied here and then he was on a fellowship but he, they very much wanted to head sort of home So when we set it up it was just squeezing in time that we could whenever we could so we tried to meet like once a week and brainstorm what we wanted um yeah reached out it took at least a year it was nine months until we had sort of finalized blends and we knew we wanted six um and that they should track kind of from morning sickness through pregnancy to the end with raspberry leaf and then motherhood so a tea to help with exhaustion, (laughs) sleep um, and breastfeeding. Yeah. And that probably took, yeah, nine to 12 months development at weekends and in the evenings, kind of around everything else we were doing. Um, And then by the time we'd then kind of set up the website, which Kate entirely did, um, actually with a friend of hers who was in Australia, but he was a new dad, he just had a baby and he did all our packaging design and our web design. And he really got the concept, which was brilliant. Um, And she handled all of that, got it up and running. And then within about three months of launching, she left. (laughs) Oh gosh, she (laughs) Uh, left the country. Which which was always gonna happen. Like it it wasn't like a massive surprise, but I hadn't fully in my head appreciated what, what that meant for me personally because I had Hector, who was by then sort of four months old. We got all the tea delivered to the room I'm in right now. (laughs) Um, And uh, we kind of put all our life, you know, not life savings, but a decent amount um, of our own money just to produce, like I think we did 200 of each tea. Um, But the whole development, yeah, it was quite a lot. And when I started shipping orders... Um, and initially they're mainly to like family and friends, <laughs> people were saying, oh, it's really nice, but there's scratches on the box, uh, which is like a Navy blue kind of base. And I realized that the box producer hadn't put a layer of varnish that was required to protect them on it. So every single pack of these like 200 that we had, <laughs> oh, no, scratching really badly when I shipped them, um, so I cried quite a lot. But um, <laughs> I had to like hand pack every single one, right on the best before date um, and the batch code. Um, and that was all exclusively between the hours of like eight and midnight because I got Keras down and got a Hector down and then could kind of do anything that I needed for, oh for haunting mammoths. And it was, to be honest, it was horrible. Um, and <laughs> I had this kind of like, general I was on maternity leave but just you know exhausted you don't really want to be doing that with your maternity leave um I would do one Instagram post a day and pack the orders in the evening and that was all I did um and it kind of stayed that way probably for at least like a year but we kind of realized relatively soon that there was it wasn't just our family and friends buying it Uh, yeah Um, and it was quite small orders but Kate um Sydney could do a lot of back end stuff, so she did all our accountancy and um, the bookkeeping, and she reached out to distributors, um, and things like that. And we got one really great distributor where, so our volume started to kind of skyrocket without me needing to do anything. I say skyrocket as well; it wasn't that dramatic, um, but it was good more than I could fulfill. Um, And I went back to work and my boss was very, very supportive, which was great because it was considered far too niche to be a risk, you know, Yeah. nothing they'd want to do. Um, And I just kept doing it in the evenings and at weekends. And I dropped my days to four days a week so that I could have one whole day. Um, And yeah, probably a year later, it was kind of obvious that it was doing quite a bit better. And um, the company I worked for started to get a little bit funnier about it. <laughs> I did they? They suddenly went, Hang on a minute, this yeah. I mean, not, not, not in a no. terrible way at all, but just kind of you know, there were discussions, and I was like, Oh, well, I should probably um, uh, think about you know, not making this awkward for everybody as it progresses. Um, and I moved to a big herb and spice company, um, who in the interview that I was in, you know, it hot tea mama was discussed and they had no issue at all um even though there was still you know all our ingredients were actually the ingredients I ended up working with when I was there um (laughs) but yeah it it was a good transition really great but um when COVID hit um uh it just was obvious I couldn't kind of make everything work and actually COVID was surprisingly good for hot tea mama in that um we yeah, our sales increased by a dramatic amount because everybody was shopping online, which was very much our safe hold. and I'd grown the Instagram kind of following to a, a good size. Um, and I think people were just more willing to, particularly in pregnancy and motherhood, you want something nice for yourself. And COVID was particularly miserable for um anyone pregnant who had yeah. to date far more than anyone who wasn't. So um yeah at that point I said look I can't I can't pay myself anywhere near a decent salary but I'm gonna go mad if I keep working because I was consistently working three to four hours a day on the business just in the evenings um so I had no free time and no niceness for my very lovely partner who's very supportive no. <laughs> um, So you've
0: got, well you know you've got your job you're you're being paid for and then you've got two small children and yeah. then you've got another four hours a day on top of that yeah Which, yeah I mean anyone can see that that's just unsustainable yeah. isn't
1: it um it's, it is and I mean I think the honest truth is that it wasn't until I started getting physically sick that um I realized I needed to change something and I did have a period of about four months where I just was in a constant cycle of cold, to ear infection, to chest infection, to cold, to oh, yeah. um, going going around. And it was purely lack of sleep and stress. Mm. Like, and um, the job that I had was quite um, you know a senior position. So there was a lot of expectations. Um, Hector at one point got, um, oh, not bronchitis, but something nasty and I had to do a big presentation. I didn't want to let anyone down. So I was trying to do that from home with him, you know, not really sleeping, getting up. And it was just lots of things playing into making me extremely um, stressed. Yes, my goodness. And again, Kate has always been brilliant, but she's just not physically able to do, you know, a huge amount of the stuff. And even the time difference with Australia, um, she couldn't really do sort of social media because she'd be asleep when (laughs) everyone was wanting responses. And in today's age, we all want immediate kind of gratification when we when we interact or ask something so yeah it was it was pretty bad but I quit my job um and obviously I had homeschooling in the mix so it wasn't like plain sailing instantly. no <laughs> but um I was able to kind of feel that I could do that and the business really grew and over the last two years we've had fantastic growth so we've now got um much more of a team so I have a wonderful lady called Liz. He's actually the mum of one of my daughter's very, very good friends. But ever since I met her, I was like, you are a wasted resource. Happens to a lot of mums mm. um, that she is incredibly organised. She's extremely intelligent, but she took six years out of work because we live in Oxford and she was working in London and the commute just wasn't worth it.
0: No. Um,
1: and her husband's in the military, so he goes away. period and she was just like you know she uh she's the secretary of our play group and she ran all these fundraising events that were super successful and I just knew the second I met her that I wanted to employ her <laughs> one day so she she joined the business um and has been amazing as she is and then one day out of the blue a lady called me on the phone um and uh said that you know were we recruiting because she was really interested um in a job and again she had lost her job during covid um unsurprisingly she worked for a marketing agency and the only two people who lost their jobs were the only two mothers um wow i'm not like i she would kill me for like you know No share no extra detail but um you know there's a distinct feeling at that point that if you need to cut back staff you would pick the part-time worker who's part-time because they have kids um and who happens to be the woman
0: obviously because yes there's, yeah, yeah it wouldn't ever be a man who went part-time or or not commonly anyway yeah,
1: not commonly but it's, okay. it's more statistically likely to be yeah. um, a female employee um and I couldn't employ her at the time but I kind of said you know I was really impressed again you know the the get up and go that yeah. women have Yeah, actually worked at tea companies in the past which is why how she found us um and yeah she was very keen um yeah just to be part of it and I probably for the role that she's doing in marketing I you know, probably would have preferred a full-time person but she was just so clearly a fantastic candidate um that yeah we were like no obviously we need you in um so she she now works for us we took her on as soon as we could um and we've just recently taken on a wonderful um, uh, girl called Caitlin who's our only Um, (laughs) non-mum, but uh, yeah, she's working for us um, as part of the kickstart scheme, which the government has in place. Um, And basically it's almost like, it's not a job share um, with Sarah, but they kind of together cover all the sort of marketing um, needs that we have. And she's just absolutely brilliant. and yeah, I, I feel like if we can run our business, our teas are all about women. Like We want to support women with our product. I really want the business to do the same thing. And part of that is because um, I'm feminist and, you know, I've seen many friends pushed out of the workforce and felt myself um, uh, how work life means regularly a very traditional employer um might not want to employ um women over men um, and i would quite like us to be the opposite without being discriminatory um yeah. but we have a brilliant female workforce i think working mothers are the most efficient highly skilled people not just because of the work they did before they had kids but because of the amount of life admin, you have to manage <laughs> alongside yeah. normal stuff. You're extremely organized, you're motivated. Um, uh, and yeah, we're very committed that we want to be female focused um, in our employment um, and also give people flexibility. Because again, a, a mum I was chatting to on the school run yesterday was saying the agency she works for is saying she has to go into London five days a week to the office Um, which she flagged like I think from when she started working at the company she's the GM she's very senior Uh, she didn't want to do that three days would work better and she'd work from home and they were having conversations um, these founders saying oh well you know the assistants are just going to treat any time at home as a day off and I'm like how can you treat your employer employees like that like you should trust them because you have selected them and employed them and it's also very obvious when people don't do their work Um, and I don't think it matters whether you're at home and working like 9 30 till 2 30 every day or you're in an office working nine till five um three days a week or whatever it is you just if you haven't got trust in the people you employ, um yeah, it's just ridiculous. But we think flexible working that allows people to spend time with their families, whether or not they have kids um, or their friends, is something, yeah, I would, happen more than I would like us to support. Them. It's, it's a bit ranty. <laughs> no, but it's. <laughs> but it's, but it is, but I, it's
0: It's just, I think it's so important that the, you know, and that's something that has been, I think we've seen more through COVID that that the normal, the working practice that everyone needs to go to the office and it doesn't work if you don't. Lots of companies and people have realized, oh, do you know what? Actually, it does work. It's been forced, but, you know, but then lots of companies now just want to go back to how it was and the employees are going, no, I don't want that. I'm not spending two hours commuting each way. I'm not, you know, actually... The benefits of COVID and being forced into this situation are they've discovered that things can be done from home, and absolutely. And I think also that people, you know, personally, and, and I'm not the only person, you know, if I find a business that is, it doesn't have to be a, a, that the products are woman focused, but that is run by women independently, not from a big corporation, I am much more likely to buy from them. You know, I'm much more likely, those are the businesses I want to give my money to. They're the, you're the change makers. You're the people going, no, we're doing it differently. And just by seeing another business doing it and thriving and working, that that can inspire other businesses to go, okay, well, okay, let's give it a go. Let's try that too. And I think that's so powerful, those small changes that lots of people make but then ultimately make the big change.
1: Oh, no, totally. And I kind of, I think of like, again, I think motherhood changes your perspective and parenthood it's changed Jake's perspective too, that I don't want either of my kids, I have a girl and a boy, to think that when they grow up that they need to kill themselves for their work. So one of my best friends is a corporate lawyer and she's had awful mental health issues because of the pressures of work. The firm she works for have been utterly like uncompassionate about it, and um, yeah, you've I've seen her go through the best not the best part of your life, but you know all of her twenties and early thirties just working, and now she's kind of in a position because she's earned a huge amount of money by doing that um, to be mortgage free um, and look at quitting. And I hope she will quit. Um, But if she does, I'm like, oh, that's great. But you're now 40. And all of that, you know, some of the best times of your life where you can, Be selfish and have no health issues and you know, put your body through (laughs) all sorts of things if you want to travel or, you know, go to raves all night, which she would have loved to have done, um, have sort of not necessarily gone. You can still make up for it. But I just don't want my kids to ever feel that that is the way a good life is Mm -hmm. led, and you work, you know, yourself into the ground and your health into the ground in order to kind of later on in life have freedom I was like why can't we have happiness and some freedom like the whole time
0: (laughs) yeah and it's modeling that behavior isn't it so if your children see that you're you know always doing that always working going out to work that's what you do that's what they see so that's what they perceive that that life is but if you're modeling um behavior that is well actually you can run a really successful business and do that but still have the time as a family and and then that's the most powerful thing because it's all very really well telling them one thing when you're doing the opposite it's yeah. modeling it so they see it they just that's what they see the world is and that's how it works and that's a massively powerful thing
1: yeah no totally and I mean I should be honest and say I think there's always a bit of something that gives so I don't pay anybody because of the size of the business as much as I want to um but I think you have to have the mindset, well, these are the benefits I can give you now. But I want to keep those benefits as we grow and I'm able to kind of increase all our salaries um, more. But yeah, I just uh, I really don't get the mindset of um particularly young people who've sort of younger people who've set up businesses than wanting people in the office five days a week. Because yeah. we have a fantastic co-working space that we're part of. Um, And it means that I go in there regularly every week. Um, Caitlin tends to to come in as well. Sarah and Liz actually don't want to because they're more efficient to be working from home. So we just all go in once a month and have kind of our monthly meetings there. But it's a really lovely space um, and it's nice to go to. Versus if I were to try and get an office somewhere, it would cost me an absolute fortune, probably be quite miserable and no one would be that happy going there. Whereas you know, go there really regularly because it suits us um, and the others enjoy coming in less regularly, but still having, you can still have a team yeah. in that, in that way. And I actually meet Sarah at a garden center once a week, that's got a gorgeous cafe. <laughs> um, and that's how we manage like um, our weekly kind of tasks is like, we well, don't, you don't need to be going to an office. Um, I'll meet yeah. you halfway because it's less of a commute for you. I get to go and have nice tea and cake while we have a chat (laughs) and it works really well um but yeah how nice
0: is that you know how nice is that as an employee as well that that like you say that people that you're trusted to do your job and that you know that and you don't have to trudge into an office and pack onto a train or have the stress of driving and the environmental impact and all of those things I mean it's just you know it's just thinks okay i can work from home i'm I'm allowed to do that and so then the level of motivation is obviously really high so it just works for everybody doesn't it
1: yeah and i do i don't know maybe if um we had like some 20 year old men or something would i trust them less i hope not (laughs) i hope not but i mean i you know you know as an employer if you hire the right people then they they do their jobs i've never not yeah done my job <laughs> no exactly yeah. how why would you it's, it was to me it'd be like of course you do your job you do it as best as you possibly can and it's super obvious if you're if you're genuinely just not doing it like you cannot not do something well because you haven't had the support or the training yeah. or whatever but to think that somebody would just genuinely not do any work mm. it's just too obvious like it if is. somebody <laughs> doesn't yeah. do that so yeah I hope that more people I mean obviously mother pucker and the flex campaign and there's a growing um yeah chat around it but I think it's sad that there are obviously still some people out there that don't see it that way but yeah Yeah I
0: mean yeah exactly you're you're right there are lots of people like you're saying um mother pucker and then pregnant then screwed and there are lots of people highlighting it but it's just ridiculous that we're in this situation isn't it but it's. Well
1: totally and I mean I think um my partner's an academic and um it's a very high like uh pressure um career although I think people just imagine you sit reading books but in (laughs) bringing in funding for your department. And um, he manages uh, teams in lots of different countries. So he is always on the phone at 8.30 in the morning because he has calls to Vietnam or or Kenya. Um, So it's not an easy job, but um, his boss uh, is the father of five boys. And as always, yeah, particularly, um, you know, Jake wants to pick the kids up from school he'll take 40, you know, 30, 45 minutes to do that and then work a bit later in the evening um, or carry on working in the evening. And, you know, nobody should care about that, I think. If you're still doing your work and you've not got commitments at three o'clock, you know, dad should be allowed to go and take half an hour out and then do half an hour at 7 p.m. Like, uh, to me, it's a bit of an anathema where you're like, how could somebody not do that? Because I wouldn't work hard for somebody who didn't support me doing things like who that. Who didn't, Yeah. No, who didn't see a value in it. Yeah, and it's not just women, you know, women oh, no. are primary caregivers, so it is mainly women, but we should really give men more of a chance to do these things as well. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah to- totally totally so the whole yeah it's a it's a whole system it's the whole world we need to put to rights basically it is, it is.
1: <laughs> you can only fix your one tiny little part of
0: it can't you I know but, I know, but it is yeah it is that thing but that makes it you know if everyone does a little part then that's when yeah. the, the
1: And change I mean you wrote with Biden in the US when he became president and when he was vice president I don't know if you saw a letter that he shared with all the staff um when Obama became president and he was vice president He sent an open letter to everybody who worked um, for him and said, this job should never take priority over your family. You never need to ask permission if you need to leave early to take your kid to a dentist appointment or to take your mum to a hospital appointment or whatever it is. He's like, I genuinely believe we need to live more this way. And then recently with, um, I can't remember who it was, but the guy who took paternity leave and it was like an absolute... (laughs) outrage in America that um he'd taken like two weeks paternity leave and uh yeah you think good for Biden for for promoting this kind of stuff but it's an issue
0: yeah I know it is it's it's it's, there is change there but it just seems slow at coming sometimes doesn't it Mm -hmm. It be frustrating yeah brilliant well let's let's talk tea let's talk tea first of all I mean the name is amazing <laughs> hot tea mama's brilliant name
1: I know it was very much Kate um and I think again if I meet Australians or Americans they think it's hilarious whereas sometimes British people are like how do you say it it's like hottie hot tea like you're a hot you might not feel like a hottie but you're you have a hot tea it's that kind of <laughs> that link um but yeah everything that we've done we've kind of links back a bit to what we were talking about with traditional kind of herbs that I think often um, traditional kind of products um, have a very hippie kind of style to them yeah like paisley patterns or um, muted kind of colour tones um, which is nice but it's not mine and Kate's style we're very much colour people and um, we wanted it to be very modern and not feel like because we were focusing on mums a lot of mum products almost feel like you've lost your sense of self you're just a mum now so like here's yeah, yeah. a picture of a pregnant woman on the front of the pack and it's cream and green um because it doesn't oh, matter anymore yeah yeah <laughs> totally that mumsy that whole derogatory thing about yeah. um, you know yeah absolutely so yeah so we kind of the name and the branding we really wanted to make sure it was very modern and um bright and colourful and yeah the pregnancy teas are aiming to give you a proper lift so the colours we use on those are really kind of not quite neon but very very bright and then the mum teas are very much designed to try and comfort you and support you um, so they're a little bit more muted and then our PMS and um, menopause um, teas again have more of the kind of uh, comforting vibe um, about them but, but slightly different And yeah, it's just, we wanted it to not look like a maternity product, (laughs) but be a maternity product. Uh, It's not not just pink and purple, which obviously, because that, yeah, it's just so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a very, yeah, there's a very definite um, edge to things. And yeah, we wanted them to be really good gifts too, because Mm. particularly once you've had a baby, I think it's nice buying muslins and baby grows um and super useful for people. But actually I always want to send something to my female friends just to be like, you really matter. Like take a just take a small moment for yourself in amongst it. it's not just about the baby. Um, and that's where kind of uh we wanted to make sure it was a nice affordable gift. Um, and I love it. I cry quite regularly reading messages on the website that people send. <laughs> to friends who are expecting or having a baby um, or even, you know, sending you know, a sort of fertility support set, very calming support of teas and sending those out with lovely notes. Um, yeah, which really moved me, but that's what we wanted it to be about. Certainly. Yeah. So re-
0: it's like they're really celebratory. That's what I like about them. You know, they're, they're really like, you know, the colours are really punchy, like you say, and they're really like, no, no, this this is a, a time to be celebrated. And yeah, it might be hard and you might feel really nauseous because you've got morning sickness. But yeah. this is something that can help. And just to give you that, like you say, that little, that little pause. So life is just so busy, whether it's you know work or family commitments or just appointments when you're pregnant, just having a little bit of time to to kind of sit down and have a really nice cup of tea I mean it sounds really like trite but people you know people are drinking their tea while they're scrolling Instagram doing this stuff and it's like yeah just that prompt to do that I think is really powerful as well
1: yeah I'm glad you agree
0: (laughs) (laughs) no I just think it's really it's it's just really cool and and for people also just to know that it is obviously um because like I was saying that someone in my pregnancy class last night literally said I'm drinking these herbal teas. And then I looked on the internet and I Googled it and maybe I shouldn't be drinking these herbal teas and are they safe? And apparently I shouldn't drink anything because everything I looked at, couldn't have that tea, shouldn't drink that tea, maybe I shouldn't drink that tea the third trimester and and maybe that, and all of this. And she was just, I'm so overwhelmed. I just don't know what to do. I think I'll just have to um, drink a glass of water. And I'm like, hang on a minute. You know, people do feel overwhelmed and don't know what is safe and they think, oh, herbal teas are, and then they, someone tells them something. So demystifying all that like you say that it's not just for hippies it's not just some you know these are safe and they've been formulated specifically to to support you as well I think
1: that's brilliant yeah no absolutely I try to put a lot of um yeah information on kind of our blog and our Instagram posts are quite kind of (laughs) sciencey quite often um but yeah I find that hugely we have one of our blends for morning sickness there are two like chemical components um, in different plants that are amazing for easing nausea because they're anti-inflammatory and anti-spasmodic in like a very high quantity. And that's ginger rolls, which you get in ginger and citrals, which you get in anything lemony. So lemon balm, lemon verbena, lemon grass, um, all of these things that have been used as kind of, you know, digestive teas um, Mm. can really help with, with nausea. But if you Google lemongrass, there's really outdated animal studies that have been quoted on a lot of American websites, very specifically American websites, (laughs) um, as being dangerous for pregnancy. So we sell a lot of our teas on Amazon and our morning rescue doesn't have as good a rating as all the others because several people sort of write up, oh, it's dangerous for pregnancy, you know, one star. And it's not dangerous for pregnancy. The study that's misquoted gives rats extract extracted from lemongrass, but those same citrals could have come from anything. They could have come from a lemon, which (laughs) nobody will tell you you shouldn't have if you're pregnant. Um, And it's given to them in a dose that's like 65 times their body weight. Um, I'm pretty sure if you gave any living creature (laughs) an extract of anything in that quantity, there would be issues with their pregnancy. Yeah, the NHS has no issues with lemongrass. The most recent study that's been done with actual living people shows 100% no issues with drinking lemongrass tea every day. If you think of countries that use lemongrass heavily in their cooking, they don't have any issues or any higher miscarriage rates because this one tiny study that was done is nuts. (laughs) And I can't respond to everyone on Amazon, but I can put a blog on our site with the links to all the different, you know, research and explaining. But to me, I always say to anyone who's pregnant and concerned because I've been there, I do get it. Look at the NHS guidance. Like that is the one place you can kind of go very happily. Um, And actually the number of things that are restricted are tiny, uh, really, really small but if you just google you will get american websites that don't link you to the research they just tell you it's dangerous mm. and not, um, why. not yeah. why not why not uh, why or anything like that so it's yeah it's, i find it very frustrating
0: yeah yeah. Outda- yeah yeah outdated research is really frustrating or just miss or just a myth just something that's been told and there's no science behind it whatsoever and that is so common in pregnancy and yeah. with babies as well
1: well, exactly. And yeah, to me, it's just like, yeah, look at the NHS. But also, just be really moderate. So NHS guidance on herbal teas, any herbal tea, even peppermint, is don't have more than four cups a day of one specific thing, because mm. there isn't you know a huge amount of research. And some herbal ingredients, there's no research with pregnancy. Um, so as long as you stick to <clears throat> that kind of level, you're not going to put yourself at risk because... Um, you're never going to intake a huge quantity of it. So you will get the sort of benefits, um, but not at, you know, a risk reward level that that isn't right. Um, Because again, peppermint with breastfeeding, a lot of people say, I can't have peppermint because it will restrict my milk supply. And there is no research (laughs) at all suggesting that. Um, There is research done to show that peppermint oil can help cracked nipples if you have cracked nipples. Um, And recently, um, an essential oil company did some anecdotal research with their customers. But if you take essential oils to consume them, the rate you get versus a tea is much, much higher of the kind of chemical compounds. And again, 30 percent of the women in that study said they saw some impact on their milk supply, But as soon as they stopped taking the essential oil, it went straight back to normal within um, 48 hours. Um, But again, you're gonna have to drink about 10 cups of peppermint tea a day to get to the levels that those women were having by taking essential oil. Yeah, yeah. Which most people aren't gonna do. If you love peppermint tea, have a peppermint tea. When you're breastfeeding and you're exhausted, if you feel happy and warm, Content the benefit of that for your oxytocin levels is well worth having. Just don't have 10 cups a day. But there really is no evidence that it should impact. And if you're very unlucky and you feel that it does, it'll come straight back. It's not a permanent kind of um uh issue. So yeah, I um yeah. I get a bit aggravated. <laughs> I think the mix
0: it, and match is really good, though, isn't it? So you're like you're saying, so you can have four cups of one type of tea and then a different kind of herbal tea. So you could, it's not like, you know, four cups of tea a day. It's like, no, 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 just, but just don't have them. Don't have 25
1: cups exactly, of, one of, type. of one type. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And to me, the only thing that um, is a real issue, uh, but not specifically because of pregnancy, but more because um, high blood pressure can be an issue for many women in pregnancy, <clears throat> but licorice, dramatically increases your blood pressure you actually legally have to put a warning on the pack uh, of herbal teas yeah although some some don't Um, but yeah it should have a warning saying may lead to hypertension um which means high blood pressure so if you're at risk of preeclampsia or cutting back your caffeine because you're worried about caffeine levels actually you really shouldn't be having any herbal tea that's got licorice in it. So we don't have any in our blends um, other than our menopause tea because licorice can really help hot flushes um, at that time of life. Um, But yeah, during pregnancy, it should be really, really avoided. Um, And it's something I noticed in my career that a lot of colleagues who were pregnant would be drinking teas that I was blending that were herbal and very high in licorice cause it makes them sweet. Um, and it's quite a nice cheap way to do that as a blender. Um, but yeah, really probably better that they'd have had a caffeinated cup of tea in terms of the sort of risk, yeah. <laughs> um, reward. So yeah, it's, a uh, it is a complex area, but in general, we yeah. would just say as long as you don't have more than 200 milligrams of caffeine a day and you don't have licorice, in your tea um, all other herbal ingredients are pretty safe it's raspberry leaf that you need to be very careful not to have until 32 weeks of yeah. pregnancy um uh, but yeah uh, but all of that is covered on the nhs website i think just ignore any other sites yeah dr google yeah. is not a good yeah. resource unless they're linking through yeah. to the research that you can then read yourself um, mm-hmm then yeah i'd ignore anything that sort of has a one brush stroke you can't have a biscuit you can't have a lemon because if
0: you do that you won't you won't drink anything. Really anything no exactly and then you'll be dehydrated and then that is another thing altogether isn't it yeah. so, <laughs> totally and then the whole thing i mean it's is a totally separate thing but the idea of um, ingesting essential oils to personally is oh, like, an, don't get me started on that because that's something that we don't have any science about. So it's a completely different thing, having a herbal tea yeah. to putting essential oils inside and digesting them. And I would say, personally, I'd say, don't go anywhere near that, but I know there's a certain big American essential brand that advocates that quite strongly. And that's quite worrying, but. Yeah. I
1: did, I was chatting to a lovely lady who works for um, Ergo Carriers. Yeah. She had been given some essential oils possibly by the same brand um, Mm -hmm. that uh she was using and they'd been told she had a c-section and peppermint can be really great after a c-section always they take some um, peppermint tea or um we have the final push which is our blend of raspberry leaf and peppermint pop that in your hospital bag um if you're having a c-section because it can really help trap gas Trap gas Um, yeah but avoid having the essential oils and she'd been taking that and then really struggled to have her milk supply and I suspect because it's very hard to dose essential oils she was probably having an insanely high amount of peppermint Mm. and might have been one of the 30% of people affected but had she just had one or two cups of peppermint tea there's no reason to fear that yeah she couldn't have had a benefit without the risk yeah personally I would agree with you and say don't have a not no, in a you know diffuser exactly
0: a diffuser yeah you know massage oil diluted safely all of that but to ingest it's like no and it seems to be with one certain brand other brands not at all but with one brand a growing thing and I see so many as a yoga teacher it's something that's pushed very heavily yeah. um, and lots of yoga teachers then start kind of reselling this brand and I'm always like oh gosh it really kind of worries me because some of the not the essential oils used properly but the way they're advocating for the for the use and, and ingesting them is is yeah so it's a completely different thing just it's, it's important for people to understand that isn't it yeah totally
1: agree
0: yeah. Not cool. <laughs> not cool at all. Not cool at all. No, not cool at all. Oh, Beth, and this is so interesting. I love it. So um, just as we kind of wind up, tell everyone a little bit more about, you know, the, the ranges that you've got and, 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 and where they can get them. Let's let's let people know, because sure. I think it's really lovely and a great teas And um, yeah, we'll be really supportive to the people listening to the podcast.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you. So, no, we we kind of, as you were saying at the beginning, cover, like, reproductive life, but also have some blends that are just great every day, all through life. Um, But essentially, if you suffer from bad PMS or PCOS endometriosis, um, or you're trying to conceive, we have a blend called Over the Moon, which is um, natural herbs and flowers, um, again, that have been used for millennia to kind of support women's reproductive health but things like raspberry leaf, which can strengthen and tone your uterus um, to reduce cramping. Um, chamomile and rose petals, which are antispasmodic, but can really help with cramping again, um, just kind of calm things down. Um, dandelion root, um, which is very good for bloating. So if you ever get bad bloating, um, that can help. And spearmint, which has been shown in studies to kind of help balance um, estrogen levels um, and testosterone levels. So uh yeah, it's a lovely one. Um and we have a pregnancy range, which I've kind of mentioned a few, but we have an anti-morning, anti-morning sickness, that's the wrong word, but supportive for morning yeah. sickness, um, and nausea at, at any kind of time, uh, our morning rescue. Um, get up and glow is kind of our alternative to a caffeinated drink, so it's a fruit tea, um, but it's got grapes as the base, so you get a natural sugar kind of lift not in large quantities but enough to kid your brain on that you have had kind of the equivalent of some caffeine um and it's just yeah really really nice um and our raspberry leaf blend which is our final push which has the peppermint and the raspberry leaf to make it nice and palatable um but it's very good for birth preparation um from 32 weeks onwards um and can as i said it can also help kind of with birth recovery as yeah. well um and then for motherhood, we have a newborn wonder, which is a slow release caffeine blend. So it's white tea and rosebuds, but you kind of get more caffeine than in a cup of black tea, but it has a gentler, slower release um, because of something called tianine within the white tea um, and rose petals are just extremely soothing and great again for post-labour kind of cramps. Um, they've been used for a really long time in the Middle East to soothe cramping. Um, milk's up is our natural blend of galactagogues to help with breastfeeding. Um, It's a great way to stay hydrated um, and hopefully support your body. There's several small scale studies into fenugreek and fennel in particular, showing that they can really help um, with milk supply and fat content in milk. Um, I'm always keen to say it's not a miracle um, thing. The best thing you can do if you've got problems with breastfeeding is to express milk, but it can be a really, really good um, support to demand feeding and pumping because it will keep you hydrated and hopefully give you an extra boost. But the only thing that is really guaranteed to help with supply is um, encouraging more. Production. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but at least it's, it's something positive. It's something positive you can do, isn't it? That's oh, the totally. thing Yeah, you, you can. Know. Do yeah, and we always say have an oaty biscuit or a jack or yeah. porridge because oats are again another natural galactagogue. So just nourish nourish your body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, while well, you're kind of going through that, because it, it can be tough. Um, and our night owl tea um, is great for sort of helping with anxiety and sleep. So it's a blend of very calming, soothing herbs and flowers. Um, chamomile, again, um, valerian root, um, which one study has shown is more effective than one of the traditional sedatives you can be given. Um, we only have it in a very small quantity, but it's extremely kind of calming um i've got lime flowers in there as well um, and lavender which again lavender we traditionally always used. you get a lot of sleep uh, spray kind of pillows yeah
0: things,
1: um which are great but actually all the research shows it's much better to ingest an infusion of lavender you'll have a much bigger impact on your sleep than if you just inhale it mm. so it is the smell nice
0: yeah I remember having a lavender tea and someone gave me some and, and thinking my god this is going to be awful and oh, it was so nice I was really so nice. shocked I thought, lavender eating lavender sound no it was beautiful
1: yeah and I think you get that a lot so people have said that when I tell that like if you hear the ingredients they're like oh but actually it's really really lovely mm. <laughs> um and yeah then we have our uh kind of perimenopause menopause support tea as well take a pause um so it's a blend of green tea um, and herbs that have been used to support the most common symptoms so i think it's something we're now starting to talk about more but it's kind of shocking there are between like 34 and 48 different Mm -hmm. symptoms that can affect women far earlier than we think it should and for far longer um so you may kind of, if you start getting forgetful or brain fog um, or feeling more anxious and stressed about things, um, it can actually be your hormones starting to enter kind of perimenopause. Um, and it's quite hard to get medical help early on. Um, so hopefully this tea is kind of designed to try and support that. So green tea has been linked to long-term both health, bone health. Um, so we use it as the base, uh, for that reason, um, because osteoporosis can really affect, uh, women and our bone health can be a real issue through kind of forties, fifties, um, valerian root, which again, very good for, for sleep and anxiety, We've got ginkgo biloba, um, and ginseng, which again, link very much to kind of, um, helping mood, um, and anxiety as well. Um, and, oh what else we have in there licorice which i mentioned before so mm. the only blend that we put licorice in um, and that has been shown to really help um, the regularity and intensity of hot flushes so yeah that's sort of a whiz along um, the range and yeah we kind of group them on the website you can you can find them um hotteamama.com um kind of categorized into those key kind of areas they can they can help you with. Um, but we are also on Amazon and um in lots of independent stores. So there's some brilliant people we work with natural baby shower wellbeing sisters um nature doc kids um so yeah health focused independent retailers as well oh amazing and you can get you do mugs
0: and um internet cups and you can send gifts kind of packs can't you like you're saying to pregnant women or to new mums which I think is such a great idea the new mum pack I remember making making like a self-care pack for a friend with like you know some chocolate and a magazine in and just little
1: small little things but it's just such a lovely such a brilliant idea to do so that's really nice yeah no I think um I love seeing all the gift orders coming because yeah it was a big thing for me but again you don't realize till you have a kid yeah Bought people stuff for their baby and then one friend sent me like shower I think it was just shower gels which I'm not sure I even used because I wasn't sharing very regularly at that point (laughs) but I was so touched that she'd put something in for me and yeah unsurprisingly she was like the one friend who already had kids Um, whereas everybody else very thoughtfully got us lovely gifts for Keris but actually quite nice to send something for the mum. definitely
0: no it really is it really is absolutely oh that's so cool thank you so much Beth and my final question um which I ask everyone at the end of the podcast is um what's the one thing that you wish um every mother knew or the one piece of advice or information the golden nugget that you'd give
1: I think from my perspective I didn't really enjoy a lot of the early life of my daughter <laughs> um uh, loved her but yeah I think I wish I'd known it was okay to feel that way because I was definitely taught in kind of our NCT class about the baby blues um and postnatal depression but actually I had a much longer period of just not feeling like myself um and if I'm totally honest that probably lasted like four years until kind of Hector had come and I've made peace made peace with um with it all but that transition is is really hard and in my head I kept thinking oh in two weeks I won't feel so strange or I won't feel so exhausted or whatever it is but I just definitely felt um I'd like everybody to know that if you don't feel great that's okay and um the transition is harder and longer than you might think but that is also okay and be kind to yourself um while yeah while going through it um because for me going back to work made a big difference um and again I felt really guilty about that don't need to feel guilty about that whatever however you kind of end up feeling more yourself um, and no one is judging you as much as you're judging yourself for sure no
0: that's so true I remember literally saying in Mom and baby A class yesterday someone was the same same thing I was saying you have your you have your six-week check or your eight-week check with your GP and somehow there's that line that oh now you're back to normal
1: be fine. and yes. it's
0: like no this is such a cultural myth it's you're not back to normal you are a new normal but yeah. that takes a lot longer than six to eight weeks to transition this idea of matrescence and yeah. and it's not given enough credit and for some people it's more straightforward than others and for some people it's really hard and they don't think they're allowed to talk about it so that's really great to bring that up because it's it's tough for for the majority of women but it's like I should feel just please I've got a baby I shouldn't feel like this and so many people yeah, yeah
1: I was gonna say often it's not like a diagnosable thing either I think no. from a scientific background like I'd constantly be like oh well, where's my tick box of oh I've got this issue or I've got that issue and it's not it's just that it's exhausting and it's a huge shift in your lifestyle and yeah. everything that you're doing and actually that transition doesn't need to yeah doesn't can be different times for everybody. It doesn't need to be sort of diagnosed in any way. It's just quite tricky. And you will get through it. And you're the only one who's judging yourself as harshly (laughs) as is happening in your in your head. Um but yeah, I think being kind to yourself while that's going on and knowing that you can get back to yourself eventually. It might be six, six weeks, it might be six months, it might be six years Um, but yeah it's all right yeah no that's so that's
0: so brilliant that makes a lot of sense i'm sure that will reassure a lot of people too thank you and thank you for your time it's been so wonderful talking to you i will put all the links um, Totti Mama in the show notes so people can find you the Instagram which is brilliant and all of that um, but thank you so much Bethan well thanks for having me it's been lovely <laughs> yes <laughs> been lovely thank you no worries. thank you for listening it's great to have you here and I really do appreciate your support too I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, then please don't forget to subscribe. And if you could leave a review or share with other mothers and mothers-to-be that you know, well, I'd be eternally grateful. You can join me as well on my online platform at www.formodernmothers.com, where you'll find show notes and lots more goodness and resources all about thriving and making your own unique path as a mother in the modern world, as well as details of all my programs, online courses, my classes and coaching packages too. And do follow me over on Instagram too at 4 Mothers or on Facebook and be part of my social community. I'd love to connect with you there. Take care, amazing woman.